Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Kenny, I've been neglecting asking you this week. Do we have any names for taps today? Um, I don't recall. Let me check my uh, list I, here. I, I have not had any myself, so no. I think it's kind of a quiet week, which is probably okay. Yeah. We don't, uh, you know, taps we play for family members or people that have called up that said, hey, my uncle Harry passed away. He was a veteran in World War II, blah, blah, blah. That's where we go out and make sure that that happens, that we try to honor them with that every Friday. We end the show with taps for those people. Let me uh, take uh, a look at my the way I uh, keep my list here. That'll all right. have to give me a couple of minutes. Uh, real quickly, Brad, well, we had a city council agenda meeting last night. Ah, yeah. okay. It only went two hours and <laughs> six minutes. Jeez, yeah. my God. <laughs> what, 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 are they rebuilding hours. the whole city or what? <laughs> well, <laughs> you would have thought so. Uh, they pulled quite a few from the agenda, so Monday could be a busy uh, council meeting. But Man. Uh, that's the way things go. The, what were the hot topics? Well, you've got these uh, bonding uh, issues, so there's some priorities oh, sure. with this sure. administration uh, now and some of their bonding issues and so there was discussion about that yeah two hours uh just over two hours last night and then you had uh, an, is- an issue with the uh, deck see the deck doesn't want to handle bayfront uh they're trying to get a oh, grip. they don't well it, oh. it's it, and so you had a an llc group there that happened to be made up of former executive director dan russell and one of the oh, sure. uh, top operating individuals down there, I don't know what his title was, uh, Jeff Stark. And if you recall, Jeff Stark was let go after being with uh, yes. the deck for many, many years. Yes. Yeah. I think upwards of 50, or 50 30, 20, 30, 30 years, something to that effect. Winterfell Management LLC, and they've been asked to help handle the promotions and management of events at Bayfront. Uh, for the remainder of this year, and then after this year, once they get things going, uh, they'll, uh, you know, maybe redo things. But boy, I'll tell you, some of those counselors were asking questions like, you know, they were trying to uh, be the uh, caretakers of their children or something. It's like, my goodness. Hmm. I mean, you're talking to Dan Russell, and um, who's was an executive director of the deck, and and you know, yeah. I, and I'm not saying anything other than it just seemed like a lot of additional questions to these two and. Uh, there's just uh, so where well, where did that end up? Is it going to be brought to Mondays for a vote? Yeah, well, Monday they'll vote it? on it. It'll be part of the uh, consent okay. agenda, and they've got to pass it because things have to get done yeah. down there. And and Jeff and, well, and Dan are two top notch guys when it comes very, to very very sharp people. Oh, and yeah. that sounds to me like a good thing to separate those t- two of uh, two distinctions: the deck and Bayfront Festival Park. Yes. Yeah. That'll put more emphasis on that. You'll probably get better get uh, get better events, better uh, work down events. And they of. made that statement. They said we're going to do some work down here that's going to increase revenues, um, some good events, and what have you. And I don't want to paraphrase Excellent. too much, but uh, that's a good team to have working for you. Those two. It, it really is. Say last hour, I talked about some things that, that I was going to bring up that are happening in Duluth. And uh, I know you've got probably more on the agenda session from last night, but let me just throw these out uh, simply because they sound kind of negative, but I think they can be positives because in both cases, it appears like there is an effort to 
keep them going. There were two businesses, one that was in the Duluth News Tribune today, uh, the Duluth's uh, New London Cafe is going to close uh, come January 29th. And that's been open for a substantial amount of time. Um, I think 20 years, in fact, operating for 20 years in Duluth Lakeside neighborhood. The eatery last day is January 29th, a move that surprised the staff, neighbors, and even the owners. But it turns out there are other people. There was two owners or two people that had frequent in the place numerous times that have stepped forward and indicated that they're um, they're going to buy the location. I don't know that they're going to keep it the same. But anyway, that uh, <clears throat> sounds like there's some changes going there. And then the one that kind of hit me hard when I first read it <clears throat> was, have you ever been out to Warrior Brewing in Lincoln Park, Kenny? I have. Okay. <clears throat> it was a, It's a facility that was opened uh, or taken over, I should say, by some disabled veterans. It's veteran-owned uh, Warrior Brewing Company. It's coming to a close. Uh, Roger Reinhardt actually had his uh, primary get-together in August there after he won his oh, primary. Yeah. He yeah. had his get-together there. <clears throat> and they said that it's uh, it's with heavy heart that they must announce our plans to sell or close the brewery by April. This decision did not come easily for us. Uh, they They kind of... Uh, thought it was a great way to get veterans who maybe had not had a whole lot of experience, maybe wanted to stay working with other veterans together, and they did that. Um, they crafted some of the finest beer in the Northland, but also gave back to numerous uh, organizations through donations to veterans' causes. Uh, they went on to say, and, and that's where there's, I think there's hope there, that the Post goes on to say that if you know anyone looking to get into the craft brewing industry, you should contact them at 218-721-7998. Um, you know, I, I I would love to see some veterans, if there was any veterans out there that had some money that could step forward and take this over, because I think the potential is there for an operation like this to go well. Now, I don't know whether it's because... There is not a huge veterans community in the Northland or in the Twin Ports that hasn't supported it very much. It's all about location. That, yeah, that's that location, true. in my opinion, is probably the worst place to have a business. Is that right? Where now, you're what looking it for exactly? customers. It's, it, it's in the craft district Brad, somewhere, but, 20, but where exactly? 27th Avenue West and Superior Street. You and I remember it when there was a Red Owl grocery store there. Oh, sure. Okay. Sure. And it may have okay. been another grocery store throughout the years, but right there, 27th West and th- and Superior Street. Well, what they did is they closed the grocery store down years ago, and they partitioned that building. The building is still there. I would imagine most of it's original. And they put different businesses in there. There's a pet shop or a pet store where you take care of your pets, um, a pet okay. doctor to some degree. And honestly, I don't know the other businesses that are in there. But the one for the brewery used to be Lake Superior Brewing. Well, the thing about Lake Superior Brewing that might have had an advantage over Warrior is Lake Superior Brewing was the first craft uh, beer made in Duluth. Right. So they kind of had a following from the get-go. They were in there, and they left, and they've resurfaced. I don't know all those details. But it's tucked in the back. It's just a bad location, I think. Well, it is. It just is. 
Nobody knows where it is. You tell people, hey, we're going to meet a warrior. Where is it? And you try to give directions. It's like, huh? What? Uh, That's too bad. That's too bad. And and that didn't allow them to do much in the food area either. And that's how these craft breweries seem to be uh, seem to go. Is that if they can, uh, if they can come out with sandwiches and those kinds of things, yeah. and maybe have a little outdoor patio yes. where people can sit and talk, those seem to go very well. But this one evidently's got some downfalls. Well, and, and one other thought on that too, Brad, is that is there, dare I say, some saturation of microbreweries in Duluth? Well, that I might mean, be the other thing. How yeah. much beer can we drink? Well, and they were trying to highlight, <laughs> and, and that's the other thing, is that I don't know how much beer even the veterans organizations use anymore, but I but I do know that when they opened the new VFW, when they moved it out of the West End and moved it up to Proctor, that was going to be one of their, uh, one of their on-tap brews was going to be Warrior Beer. So well, but, I, I but like the again. brand name. I like the fact that there are um, veterans that are doing this. I, I hope that something becomes of this. And for me, it's all about location. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. I, I and I you have realize. to have exposure I knew it was in the of that. craft district, but I didn't know exactly where. Well, you're right. I don't know if that would be the craft district technically. I mean, it's on the west side of 27. It's just. To me, it's not an ideal location. I wouldn't want to run a brewery there. I wouldn't want to run a business in there and say, oh, come on down. Here's the address. We're in Suite 5. Huh? Yeah. How do I get there? What door do I go through? What? And, and I, don't, I don't mean to be harsh or hard on this, but those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, that's probably good. So uh, back to the agenda session last night. What else is, uh, what else is on the burner? Well, again, a lot of this had to do with the uh, bonding priorities, if you will. Lot D came up, uh, the funding for this uh, Spirit Valley, or was it Memorial Park? They're looking for uh, some things out there. The library project, uh, what Mayor Larson had um, hoped for, that's on hold. But it's not to say that they're not going to do something down there. They just want to look at this. This administration wants to look at this and say, hey, what are we doing here? They need funding for the Duluth Airport, Brad. They've got to get this control tower replaced. Uh, the deck, they're looking for money. Uh, the Duluth Armory, they're looking for support for redevelopment of the Duluth Armory. I know that's not popular with a lot of people. Um, but well, the aerial lift bridge, so long. they need yeah. repairs to this lift bridge. This lift bridge is a vital, and yeah. it's more than just a Duluth landmark. I mean, this affects our shipping if that bridge gets Absolutely. stuck down then boats don't come through if it gets stuck up then cars don't cross it it's got well, to work and, as and we function talked, as we talked the other day kenny it is the quintessential landmark yes for the twin ports area but my question is is the army corps of engineers do they have some role in finance for this i mean who owns mm. the bridge and is it strictly the city of duluth it just seems kind of odd, but yeah, and then they're looking for some funding for the water treatment plant here in Duluth. Yes. Um, so yeah, and and they haven't. The way I understand the bonding bill that came from the governor, there's no money for any of yeah. this yeah. on the bonding bill. They're, they now he has he has indicated evidently to the mayor that he's willing to you know talk about things as things come up, but nobody ever brought any issues this year uh, to forefront. So. 
Well, lots, uh, lots for the uh, new mayor to get involved in. Yeah, and as far as anything else on that agenda, um, there was, you know, just, yeah, it was a lot of, uh, I, I think this thing with the uh, the deck and this LLC to help Bayfront uh, get on ground and get going properly yeah. is is a pretty important thing. So they well, you've got, you got a couple of really good, knowledgeable people there that could run with this and make this really something special. Why not Why not do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I saw that and I saw them in the audience, I thought, why is Dan Russell and uh, Sparks here? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, then I found out, and they did talk to the council, but, boy, were they grilled. It's like, my goodness, folks, don't you know who these people are? I mean, you don't have to examine <laughs> this that much to figure out what's going on. Anyways, right. you know. Oh, there well, was a lot of concern. Was there an RFP put out? It's like, oh, my goodness. And, and, oh, jeez. Yeah. Uh, David again. Montgomery pointed out that, you know, they're here to help us get through this. And then yeah. at the end of the year, well, yeah, we'll put on an RFP and get get uh, get this thing more settled out. And I don't know. Well, let me ask you a question, Kenny. Do you remember here a week or ten days ago or something like that when the administration, the Joe Biden administration, came out and accused uh, the governor of Texas of drowning migrants? Remember that? Yeah, there was there the was a, children. There, there were. A, there were a few uh, mig- there were two or three migrants that evidently did drown in the Rio Grande, um, and he blamed the governor. He, he blamed Abbott for, uh, well, not so much Joe Biden right himself, but his administration. His spokesperson there came out and said, well, it's, well, now there's a new story out this morning on the wire service in a new court filing. The Department of Justice has admitted, the Biden Department of Justice has admitted that the uh, so the accusations made by the Biden administration against Texas National Guard soldiers were false. The administration had previ- previously accused the soldiers of preventing Border Patrol agents from saving migrants who uh, eventually drowned in the Rio Grande. However, the Department of Justice has now confirmed that the tragic incident had already occurred before the soldiers even arrived on the scene. According to court filings, the event took place on January 12, 2024, when Mexican officials informed the Border Patrol of two migrants in distress on the U.S. side of the river near the Shelby Park boat ramp. The officials also reported that three migrants, including two children and an adult, had drowned earlier in the same area at approximately 8 p.m. In other words, people are trying to cross the Rio Grande in the dark of night, and they don't even know what they're going up against or what the depths are or anything. It is worth noting, at the time of the drowning, the area was under control of Texas soldiers. This latest development has undermined the uh, the accusations made by the Biden administration and raises questions about their honesty in this matter. The Department of Justice filed, which was submitted to the Supreme Court, clearly states that the migrants had already drowned before Border Patrol agents tried to reach them. So is this just another case of this administration kind of saying or doing whatever they want that they think is to their benefit and then straighten it out later? It appears like it. Anyway, I got I got to go back to this, Kenny, because 
Yeah, I know we do. I, we, we, the phones are jammed, and we got to get to our first break here. So let's do that, and then we'll come back with more on the Friday edition of Sound Off. KDAL time is 12-29, 5 above in Canal Park. National Weather Service in Duluth, 1 above. Having a heat wave. No, 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 heat wave, no heat oh. wave. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, where's my, uh, here it is right here. So cold conditions will continue through the weekend, Brad. Some lake effect snow on parts of the South Shore will uh, continue. And these are going to be light, an inch or two, maybe three in some spots. But we are going to shift to a gradual warming trend. Uh, okay. That's when the next shot for some widespread precipitation will arrive. It's going to be tied into this relatively uh, warmer air. But compared to yesterday, the forecast highs for Tuesday through Thursday next week are now trending lower than previously oh. forecast. And that's also led to a lesser chance of rain in the forecast. So stay tuned. Yeah. So, um, well, yeah, the weather is the weather is. So who do we have on the phone? What do they want to talk about? Well, we've got, we got? Jeff has been trying to get a hold of you for, what, the last hour and a half, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. I know that. So thanks for being patient. Well, you know, I Jeff, how are you? Pretty good, Brad. I'm just following my heart, you know. Um, I, I'm, I can tell you, I'm, I'm at the corner of 28th and Tower, bright sunshine, and we got eight degrees here in Superior. It's, it's a, it feels pretty warm, and I'm glad it's going to warm up a little bit. It's been tough for the animals, you know, because I'm, I'm yeah. concerned about wildlife and livestock and stuff. And this game this weekend between San Francisco and Green Bay, it's really a battle between um, the cheese, the cheese industry because california has produced a lot of milk and they make a lot of cheese we do too i think we're number one in the country but california is number two so it's going to be interesting to see who's got bragging rights <laughs> so it's going to but, be a uh, battle of the cheese producers <laughs> uh, i i definitely the dairy industry is going to pay attention to this one and you know, they say follow they say follow the science so how do, do you know how we know that cows have hooves and not feet uh, no, how do we know that? Because they lack toes. Lack toes. Oh, boy. I'm sure glad I hadn't tried to put any jokes together today. <laughs> no, Jeff, that's funny. Lack toes. Okay. <laughs> Say, have you, uh, since you're over on Tower Avenue, have you driven by the new Zenith Glass location yet? Have you seen it over there? I'm- Yes, sir. I'm looking at it right now. It's right behind Quick Trip where Prime Appliance used to be. It's a blue and yeah. white building, beautiful building. I the, Some of the pictures at the inside, they've done some beautiful things in there. I think that's going to really be a plus for that area. Well, you can't forget that Duluth is a Zenith city, right? So well, There you go. I think that was why the name first came to be. I'm, well, I'm, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the great uh, joke, too, by the way. That was great. I appreciate that. So the battle of the cheese industries is what we're going to have tomorrow uh, here on. uh, You know, Kenny, I got to tell you, this thing with finding sports, and I know I got Fred on here, but last night I went to watch the wild game. Nope. No, couldn't find it. No. Wasn't on on Bally Sports. (laughs) 
Some Hulu Hoop channel they, or something. They why are they doing that? Well, no, it was on it was on ESPN Plus. Oh, I thought it was which e- most EP, people ESPN minus, but then maybe that's why what? I couldn't find it. I was looking for ESPN yeah. minus. No, they make it impossible or hard for you to well, follow teams. I guess we didn't miss much. <laughs> no, that's true. Aye, <laughs> that aye, was, aye. It was pretty. Uh, Pretty ugly. And now we find out that, in fact, uh, Spurgeon is going to be out for the remainder of the season. Yep. He's got two upcoming surgeries, uh, one on his hip, one on his back. Well, let's go to Fred over in Hawthorne, Wisconsin. Let's stay in, in Wisconsin. Fred, good uh, good afternoon. How you doing? Pretty good. Good afternoon. I'm calling from Eden Prairie right now, but we've had uh, about 20 inches of snow over in Hawthorne, so... Still, we're about, is, is that uh, a way is, is that about <laughs> is that a, is that about normal for you, Fred, or is it still below no, normal? Behind. No, we should have like two or three times much because we're you know lake effect. Sure, but sure. Anyway, you made some comments about power generation and EVs yesterday. They can't take cold weather. Renewable right. energy doesn't, and so being an engineer. I have ideas how to how to solve the problem, and actually, uh, engineers are working on solutions to those problems. As far as the EVs go, it, you could recharge them on the fly, you know, by beaming the energy in from space or some other place, or microwave towers. And, and so, uh, they wouldn't have a cope with the problem, and they wouldn't need as many batteries either. And then the other issue about uh, renewable energy. Uh, hydroelectric is one of the big ones, right? It's about 16% of all the energy comes from hydroelectric. Well, they right. recently there's a company that's uh, figured out how to retrofit all the dams with, or flood control to make them hydroelectric. So you could, like, maybe double hydroelectric power. So that would be a big source of renewable. And as far as the non-renewable, like nuclear, that I think that's the wave of the future. And not fission, but fusion. I, I, well, somebody sent me a video last night, Fred, and I don't know, you said, you do you have some engineering background, or are you just kind of interested in engineering? I have 60 years as an engineer. <laughs> okay, so let me throw this one by you, see if you've ever heard of it. You ever heard of diamond batteries? Uh, I think I heard something about that, yeah. Okay, th- this guy sent me a video and said that if you take nu- spent nuclear waste yeah. and and wrap it in this diamond technology, whatever it is, make a battery out of it, it will, it, it lasts, the power in it lasts like 10 times as long as a regular battery. Yeah, that's because the spit still has some, still radioactive. So you're taking advantage of that radioactivity. That's, that's energy. Okay. You know, the, the earth, and the and does, does, when they said diamond, did they actually mean like diamonds, like, what you buy for your wife or whatever is that the kind of is it a no i haven't read the article on it so but it might okay. just be the name of the company <laughs> okay all right it could be yeah I'll check it out for you all right so, yeah, thank this, you very much fred is, is, is really good okay thank you bye all right thank you uh kenny we got to go to cbs news kdal time is twelve forty two above at the national weather service we're chilly we're cold we've got wind chills we've got sunshine brad and brad we have somebody on the phone that will keep help keep you warm well, i know who that is i think i'm gonna guess that it's justin from AirServe because he keeps he can keep a lot of people warm and he's doing it all the time well speaking of sunshine it is me commandant 
<laughs> there you go. <laughs> the sunshine guy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, hey, what I want to talk to you and your listeners about today, you know, I've never talked about my middle sister, Lena, but she is a buyer uh, for Marisa's Corporation. So she buys various lines of women's clothing and different things. Well, now she's on to buying accessories. And Lena was Ooh. talking to me about her new job the other day, and she just reminded me that accessories are what make the outfit. So Lena's the one that's making sure that there's earrings and necklaces and wallets and purses and all that kind of stuff to match. Well, that's the amazing thing about my industry, too, Brad, is that we can put in a system that will heat your home adequately and that will cool your home adequately. But when you start to customize that system with accessories, that's really when you start to get to that level of functionality and comfort that you've always dreamed about and wanted. And maybe you just never had anybody come to your house to explain how those things work. You know, I'll bet you that's the truth with a lot of people. They probably had a system put in years ago, maybe a heating system, and they've never talked about some of the additional things that can happen. Uh, breathing ability, uh, humidity control. You can provide humidity for people's system, and boy, you know it. If you've got a forced air heat system, the first thing you do in the fall when you turn that thing on is your skin starts to dry out. But there yeah. are systems out there that can take care of that, right? So, Brad, ironically, the customers that are the most knowledgeable about how their heating system works is usually the boiler customers. The customers sure. that have a boiler have a, have a more extensive system. It has a lot more infrastructure and a lot more moving parts. And so as they've had maintenance and repairs done over the year, you know, they've gotten education on how these various uh, components function and what they do. But you're right, your average customer that has forced air in their home, they have no clue how their furnace works, no clue how the AC works, no idea how inefficient or efficient a tank water heater would be. And so that's why we do everything on an appointment basis so that we can allow your listeners the time that they need to ask the questions and have their concerns addressed so that when we go to that home to install that project, that's going to be the installation of a lifetime and a project that they're going to brag about to their friends and family and coworkers. Well, and that's what you want them to do, Justin, because, you know, I remember when I went to college and took business, business information in college, they always said the best customers in the world for any business are those that have been referred by satisfied customers. Absolutely. So my goal is always to put a smile on somebody's face by the time they're done dealing with me. And then, of course, after the guys are done installing the system, they bring you down in the basement and bring you outside. They want to give you a little show and tell of the work that they've done at your house, and they want to explain a couple more things. And then any customer getting a new thermostat, whether it's Wi-Fi enabled or not, will get a little tutorial on how to operate that new control for their system to make sure that they can operate it appropriately after we leave. Nice. Very nice. Well, and, and I'm sure you remind them of little things that make a big difference, like change the batteries in your thermostat every, every what, six months or so? Yes, so I have a whole checklist that I go through when, I, when a customer is getting a new system, whether it's the same system that they had before or something that's different. I'm going to give them an entire step-by-step -step tutorial on things that they need to know about. So maintenance on a condensate pump. Some customers don't have the ability to drain their condensate off of their system via gravity because they don't have a plumb drain that's in the floor. Well, when that system uh. is burning that fuel at that very high efficiency percentage, it generates quite a bit of water. So sometimes we put in a condensate pump. So we explain to customers how to do the clean-out on that, changing filters regularly, making sure batteries are updated in thermostats. Those are all the steps that we walk through. Fantastic. Well, bring us up to date now on how a customer can get a hold of you at AirServe. How can they call AirServe and ask for Justin to come out to the home? 
Well, Brad, they pick up a telephone and dial an easy phone number, 218-879-SERV, S-E-R-V. And our website is airserve.com, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com. All right. Thank you, my friend. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you again very soon. In the meantime, I want to talk to Tom over in Port Wing. Tom, how are you this fine afternoon? Well, I'm doing just fine. I'll give you a weather report real quick. I heard Jeff say okay. it's nice and sunny in Superior. It was yesterday, yeah. but it was snowing here. And oh, it's was it really? Again here. Yeah, it's just kind of a light dusting kind of a, uh, snow. But uh, yeah. it's cloudy and uh, a little bit of snow. Okay. So it doesn't, it's changing even uh, the short distance from here to Superior. What I wanted to talk to you about this morning, though, or this afternoon is this dishonest media, I, I know you brought up the, the story of uh, the Biden administration claiming that uh, uh, Texas Guards members, uh, you know, were preventing the Border Patrol from people from rescuing these drowning victims. Right, you know, right. We find out now it's just absolute uh, horsehooey. But we yes. got the same stuff, Brad. Remember the, the, uh, our Hispanic Border Guards whipping black Haitians with whips? which was yes. a total fabrication. Yes. And, and the reason we get these stories is not only do we have a dishonest administration, we have a totally dishonest media. And, and here, I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, they cannot say election uh, without editorializing because they'll say, oh, uh, the false claims of uh, elections being manipulated while yes. there's no evidence. You know, so they throw in the no evidence, even though there's never been a investigation of the 2020 election. We've never had a congressional hearings. All of that was thrown out of the window because of January 6th. OK, and it's the same with the Hunter Biden story. They immediately editorialized by saying uh, there's no evidence that Joe Biden had profited anything from what Hunter was doing. Okay? Right. I mean, they have no evidence to prove it or disprove it. But they throw in that word in order to manipulate people into thinking, oh, well, there's no evidence. Well, here's how come every time they mention Donald Trump and we get either four indictments right after his name or 91 criminal charges. And they right. say there's no evidence. And there is. Exactly. He's, yeah. He hasn't been convicted of 91 charges. But yet they just segue right into that as if it's a full-blown fact that Donald Trump committed 91 crimes. Yeah. You know. Well, I don't know, Tom, if you were able to hear me yesterday when I was talking about the guy that has been sending me emails who's telling me, oh, you're supporting a convicted rapist. And I said, I don't think he's been convicted of rape. And a guy, oh, yeah, well, there's a jury in New York that convicted him of raping that Eugene Carroll. And so I pulled the story out from the New York Times. And it, yes, he was found guilty uh, and, and has been uh, given, you know, that he's been told that he has to pay a certain money. But it said right in the story, she has never... Can, she has never proven that Donald Trump raped her. Yes, I actually did hear that as I was traveling to Superior yesterday. And yeah. again, the total dishonesty of that is to, you know, it's sins of omission and sins of commission. You know, 
I mean, you can omit certain parts of a story, and it can be slanted one way, or you could uh, actually say uh, something and, and commit it. You know, but either way, they manipulate the story. And, yes. Uh, you know, eliminating a certain amount of things from the story that are true, like with that, you know, uh, it's... What, what's so mind-boggling about it, where they really could use things like uh, there's no evidence, it would be on, you know, transsexual sex change operations yeah. being beneficial or, or climate change really does exist. They should be putting <laughs> in no evidence there because there really is no evidence on those kinds of stories. But, you know, again, they want people to be manipulated. And that's how exactly. they write these things. And that's the thing that is very frustrating to me because, you know, it, what they're doing is they're trying to brainwash people into believing certain ways. And oh, well, exactly. Or manipulate, uh, at the very least, manipulate people into trying to believing what they're saying. Yes, you're absolutely right. Well, listen, I got to take a quick break, Tom. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. Uh, we got to take, uh, take our break here on Minnesota News, and then we'll come back and wrap up our number two. KDAL. KDAL time is 12.55, three above at the National Weather Service in Duluth. And I've got some numbers from some morning lows this morning, Brad. Uh, Nothing too much out of the ordinary. Hibbing, 14 below. Duluth this morning, 9 below. International Falls, minus 17. Ely, Ely, 13 below. And that was much warmer than their 24 below yesterday. Uh, Superior this morning, 7 below, 6 below in two harbors. And Hayward, minus 11 this morning. And uh, we're going to continue with some cold uh, weather here, some cold temperatures. They're not going away, at least for the next couple of days. Now, today, we're going to see highs in the single digits above zero tonight, back down below zero. Tomorrow, we might break the 10 mark here in Duluth. Yeah, we might hit 11. That'd be outstanding. We might that would be hit 11. Warm. <laughs> Say, we've got a caller on the phone. Uh, I didn't get a name or anything. Uh, was this Cheryl? No, this is Michelle with the Armory Arts and Music Center here in Duluth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and this, and right. this is great, uh, a great time to call. You just talked about how cold it is. I'm calling about our Buddy Holly tribute um, concert coming up next Ooh, Sunday. Oh, Buddy Holly. Yeah, as um, because they were here for the winter dance party, the tour of 1959, just a few days before the plane crash in Iowa. Yes. So that was a super frigid, cold uh, 1959 when they were here, and you were just saying how cold it is today um, and this week, but it's going to be warmer by um, next Sunday, the 28th, when we have... Now, where, where are Sharon... What, uh, is it Sharon? Michelle. Michelle, okay, I should remember that because it's my son's mother-in-law. Uh, <laughs> Michelle, uh, I got to ask you now. Th- I've been to a couple of these. I was to one at the North Shore a few years ago that was superb. They had somebody that did Buddy Holly. They had somebody that did the Big Bopper. They had somebody mm-hmm. that did Frankie Valley, and they were all fantastic people. Where are you going to have this event? Yep, uh, same place we did last year at the Clyde Iron Event Center. 
Okay, okay. Yep, on Michigan. And uh, this year, Todd Eckert and his band's been doing the Buddy Holly tribute for the last few years, and he's yes. phenomenal, and it's amazing. He does a um, video screen in the in the back with images of Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and Richie Valens, and they play oh. all of that fabulous music of the 50s and a great tribute to Buddy Holly and all of those um that played during the winter dance party. and uh, That's fantastic. Yeah. So this is going to be when now? January what? 28th, next Sunday. So next Sunday, okay. Yep, and uh, doors open for VIP at quarter to 5. General admission okay. doors open at 5.15. The show starts at 6 with our opening act, Born Too Late. They're a young group out of Superior, Wisconsin. And they actually are alumni of our Music Resource Center, our student youth education program. Um, okay. Music education. And they have just um, soared with their just amazing musicians. And uh, so we're happy to have them um, opening for us and great music. And then uh, Todd and his band start at 7 o'clock. Now, does Todd go in and actually make changes uh, of everything? I mean, I'm sure he can... I've I've seen him do uh, Buddy Holly. I've seen mm-hmm. him do uh, a number of different groups. I've seen him do the Everly Brothers. He's oh just yeah, fantastic. yep. He'll be doing that, and he has several costume changes, and um, <laughs> he totally he totally gets into it. And and uh, ticket holders are encouraged to dress in the era. We do have a costume contest and a dance contest. Michelle, we're running out of time here, but thank you so much for calling in. Great event. I'll have you for me.